Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 147 of the Ask the Coach show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. Now, the binary form of 147 contains all the two-digit binary numbers, 00, 01, 10, and 11 in a sequence. Now, the drill of the week is down-the-line warm-up, and in the questions, we'll talk about video cameras for recording your matches, service variation, and how to play a powerful forehand from close to the table. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey. And uh, yes, it's a little bit early today, but uh, yeah, we're, do we're doing okay. We are indeed, yes. Um, yep, good. Get some um, good questions. Um, we've got some good questions, Alice, so it should be a good show. Yes, and what we have got, though, Jeff, is the uh, this day in history, which is proving much more interesting than your number facts. And uh, on this day, 1997, is when uh, Hong Kong was handed back to China from, uh, from Britain after the 99-year uh, lease was up. So 1997, that's a long time ago. And I remember being um, in Hong Kong before that and buying a T-shirt, you know, that uh, they were going to switch over in 1997 and thinking, boy, that's a long way away. So, uh, so that was obviously a very long time ago. Wow. I have to admit that is a quite an interesting this day in history, Alois. Well done. Uh, of course. Of course. Very good. All right. Well, um, on. I don't know how we can beat that, but let's get on to um, yesterday's Ping Skills question of the day, which was, have you ever hit an around-the-net shot? Well, yes. Um, yeah, you know, every now and then, and you, but it's usually in practice when you're, when you're just, you know, mucking around. I have hit, hit that ball around the net. Um, it, it's a lot of fun to do, though, isn't it, Jeff? It's, um, oh, you know, so much fun. Yeah, and you always get a good crowd reaction when you can do it. Um, but uh, I think we've actually got a, uh, a bit of a video of Panda actually hitting around the net shot that we'll have to share with you um, as well. So, yes, and there, there were quite a few uh, comments, especially on our Facebook page. Um, there was uh, Philip. Boyle, who said, have I ever not hit around the net? Um, and then uh, there was uh, Glenn O'Day, another very amusing comment. You're kidding, aren't you? I'm lucky to hit an over-the-net shot. Um, but, yes, there were quite a few that had hit uh, uh, around-the-net shots. Uh, Ollie um, said, yep, in matches too. Um, Joseph said, yes, beautiful shot. Um, and a few, and Thad Birchall said yes, and a few had said, um, Ariza said a big no with a big sm um, gr um, grimace face. What's the, what's the, what's the not smiley face, Jeff? Uh, a frown? The, yeah, a frown, that's it, a frowny face. Oh, God, that's it, a frowny face. And Noel said yes quite a few times and all by accident. So, uh, yes, so we had a, have had a... A few of our uh, ping skillers that have hit uh, 
around the net shot. And Naranjan on the on the blog said, Drid did try to hit the ball around the net on many occasions, but was only successful once when I did the chop. I did the yeah chop while receiving a wide reverse pendulum serve. There you go. Wow, that's hard. So a few around the net. Mm. Yeah, no one, no one's actually sent us through links to a video though for proof. We want some proof, guys. Yeah, show us some proof. And uh, yeah, we should post up some on our Facebook page, Alice. We've got a few. I think you said Panda. And there was one really good one in the King Skills Classic. That is a fantastic shot. Um, that was a backhand, wasn't it, Jeff? It was, yes. Percy Lou, I think. Yeah, great backhand round the net. Incredible. So check out our Facebook page. We'll put it up there. All right. The Ping Skillers question of the day is. What will Maharu Yoshimura be ranked in 12 months' time? Now, he's yeah. had a really outstanding tournament at the Japan Open, and he's been gradually increasing up the rankings over the first few months. So let us know what you think he'll be ranked in 12 months' time. Again, go to our Facebook page to leave a comment or leave a comment on our blog at pingskills.com or on our YouTube or Google Plus page. All right, Alois. Let's move on to some questions. We've got a few people who have jumped on and used the Google Q&A app to ask questions live on the show, which is always great. So first up, Johan has said, Oh, I'm so lucky. I only missed half the number of facts before I could connect. Any chance Alice could repeat back what you said so I don't miss out at all? Oh, actually, Johan, um, unfortunately I couldn't hear it over all the snoring from people, so um, I might... Uh, get Jeff to repeat it after the show's finished. What do you mean? You didn't remember that 147 is has all the binary, in its binary form, has all the two-digit binary numbers in a sequence? Uh, no, zero, actually zero, zero, didn't. 110 and 11? Oh, can't believe it. Well, thanks. Um, I'm not sure if you were supporting me or not there. You, only, you were happy because you missed half of it. Anyway, I would, I would take that as a no, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you, I think you may have trumped me today. This is the first time, though, Alois, that, you know, your this day in history has actually been better than my numbers. So, you know, it's only the first time. I've had lots of numbers and, you know, lots of people have loved them. So you've got a long way to go to catch up. Yeah, when, when you say lots, I, th- I remember one guy once had some support for you. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. I think it was right. your dad. <laughs> Let's talk about the drill of the week, Alois, which um, is down the line warm-up. Yeah, so this is an interesting one because uh, when we when we warm up, uh, most of the time we do cross-court. So cross-court meaning that if here's the table um, – and I'm a bit of a bad example because I'm a left-hander. I'll do it right-handed. So usually you warm up from your forehand um, across to the other right-hander's forehand, and that's the way we warm up. We do the same on the backhand side, and it almost becomes robotic in the way that we um, that we hit the ball. And even in a match situation, we come a little become a little bit robotic about hitting the ball cross court. So sometimes it's great just to warm up hitting the ball down the line. So. If I'm right-hander playing with my forehand, I would hit down the line to uh, my partner's backhand and vice versa, so my backhand down to their forehand when we're doing the warm-up. It just gets you to start to think a little bit more about playing down the line um, as well. Um, As I said, 
often in games we become quite robotic about hitting the ball cross court. So I love just sometimes mixing it up and practicing uh, or warming up down the line uh, when you're practicing. It's an interesting point you raised about becoming robotic, and it seems like it's just done in the warm-up across court because that's how we've always done it. Would it be worth players, you know, 50% of the time warming up down the line and then the other half of the time warming up across court? Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. And and the other thing, the other interesting one, um, Noel Blundell, a sports psych that I worked with a long time ago, um, he was he was quite amazed actually that the way that we warmed up by just going forehand to forehand and just you know one spot to one spot, um, rather than just hitting the ball anywhere on the table to start off with, you know, because that's what that's what the real game situation is. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and in tennis, if you watch, uh, uh, when they warm up, they don't just hit, you know, one one side to one side. They just hit the ball anywhere and just move around a little bit um, to do it. So interesting concept. And, you know, maybe maybe it's a way that we just start to think about changing our um, habits a little bit um, just to be a little bit more open and start to be ready for both sides. I also discussed it with another um, wheelchair tennis player, uh, Danny who was um, previously number one in the world in wheelchair tennis. And she thought the same thing. She thought, yeah, you know, you guys are just crazy. What are you doing? Like, you know, just hitting the ball um, one spot to one spot all the time. So, um, yeah, interesting. I guess, like, in tennis, it's you've got more time. And so the warm-up, you're not going to um, be spending a lot of time picking up balls if you don't warm up just to one spot. But in table tennis, especially if you're warming up quite fast with your strokes or someone's top spinning really hard, you're not going to be able to hit 10 balls on a row regularly. So I guess that's one reason why they kind of do that warm up to the one spot. But it's still... Yeah, in tennis, they... I mean, they don't hit the ball flat out in the warm up though either, do they? I mean, they're not... I mean, if you watch, um, you know, Nadal and Federer and, you know, Djokovic... In their in their matches, you know, and f- how fast they're hitting the ball, they're not warming up anywhere near as fast um, in the warm up. They're just they're just basically controlling the ball both sides and just you know getting a little bit of movement happening and a little bit of transitioning from side to side as well. So um, yeah, it, it is an interesting thought. Maybe something for us to um, to explore a bit more. Indeed. All right. So drill of the week is down the line warm up. Next time you go out and have a practice session, try warming up down the line. And then if you're going to have another one in the week, maybe even try the random. Just warm up anywhere, but just hit the ball a bit slower. And then let us know how it goes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic. All right. Now, Noel's got a few questions here, Alois. First of all, he says, hooray, hooray. Now we have balance with number facts and this day in history. Way to go, gents. He likes to sit on the fence, likes a nice balanced position, Noel, so that's good. But he has some questions for us, Alice. He says, Hi, Alice and Jeff. I see that a lot of players are using camcorders to record their play and their opponent. I might be interested in buying one of those camcorders. Can you name me a few I should look at? Mm, Jeff, you might be a better one for for this. Um, I think we use use some some Sony... um, Handy cams for quite a, quite a while, and they're really good, and, and they're not that expensive nowadays. I mean, relatively, um, but I don't think I don't think it matters too much um, 
with the quality. You know, it's you can you can even get reasonably good quality, really good quality out of out of your phone um, in a lot of cases. So you know, um, you can just use your phone to to record it, as long as you've got um, big enough memory on the on the phone. What do you think, yeah, Jeff? Exactly. I mean. I think it depends what you're trying to do. Like we've sort of upgraded our cameras, alloys, because we want to get like really good pictures and really good slow motion for people. But if you're just looking to, you know, analyze your game and figure out what you could have done better or where you could have used some tactics, I think you know any sort of camcorder is going to be good. And you know the phones, as you mentioned, alloys are really good these days. The you know the Apple's like HD quality. Um, and there's a lot of Samsung phones that are really good and other brands as well. So, um, yeah, it's um, just recording your games is a good idea. So don't worry too much about the equipment. Just start off recording it. And if, you know, you get really enthusiastic about it and want to do more, then you can, you know, look at cameras. Um, the other thing is I guess a lot of people out there might know about cameras. So, Noel, if you want to just put that question on the Ask the Coach um, page on our website... We can open it up to other people who might be, you know, uh, know a lot more about video cameras and that sort of technical side to video cameras. So, if you're interested, put it on the Ask the Coach, and we'll open it up and see what all our readers have, what knowledge they have about the, the topic. Good question, Noel, and good to see you looking to record your matches. But yeah, just start with if you've got a phone that can do it, just start with that. Um, I'm sure it'll benefit you. Now, the next question from Noel. He says, hello again, coaches. If I want to flick a short side spin, backspin serve, do I open my bat and hit the ball aggressively on the bottom half or do I do it somewhat soft? Yeah, so you can do either. So if you want a little bit more safety, you can, off the backspin ball, you can brush the ball a bit more. So that, that's going to give you a bit, bit more safety and a bit more topspin to, to give you margin of error over the net with the top spin. But if you want to play a more aggressive flick, then you can just open the angle of your racket slightly and come forward on that ball. Um, so the opening of the angle will counter the backspin on the ball um, and then you can hit more forward on the ball. But you have to be a bit more precise, obviously, um, if you're going to hit the ball flatter and faster. So just depends on you know what safety factor you want. If you want a little bit more, more safety, then brush the ball up. If you want to have a more aggressive flick, open it up and then come forward. If, you, if you're if um, you hitting it flat, one really key thing is to make sure that you're getting that ball right at the top of the bounce to give yourself the best chance. So if you're hitting the ball right at the top, then you've got a bit of clearance over the net already to hit the ball flat. If you try to hit that flat one when the ball's still low and below the, the net line, so if the net line's there and you're hitting the ball here, then it's really difficult because then you've got to get the ball to go exactly over the net and land on the table. So, yeah, so a bit of a choice for you depending on um, how aggressively you want to hit that flick. Yeah, and I guess there's a limit with just hitting it flat about how hard you can hit it just because of physics. If you hit it too fast, it's not going to be able to land on the table, especially when you're not getting a lot of top spin. And I guess that's why that the banana flick or the backhand side spin flicks become so popular and, you know, all the top players, you can see them doing it now because that kind of almost gets the best of both worlds because they can get such a, a, a big movement using their wrist that they can generate lots of bat speed 
still get some top spin and counter the backspin. So it's become, you know, really popular, hasn't it, Alan? Yeah, it's it's um, it's the shot that is starting to differentiate the better players, really, and how well they can do that. All right. Good question, Noel. So, yeah, let us know how your flicks uh, develop. The next question is from Peter. He says, there is a great shot in badminton called a drop shot from the rear court. I've never seen this in table tennis where a player is away from the table, shows a rapid arm movement, and slows down shortly before contact with the ball. Is it possible? Yeah, it's a a possible shot, but it's not that effective in table tennis because when you're back from the table, um, one, you've got too much time. So the, the... uh, for your opponent to see the ball. And secondly, when it lands over the net, uh, it's still going to bounce up. So then your opponent's got way too much time to see that bounce and then come in and make the uh, the attacking shot. So with badminton, um, it's uh, it's effective. <laughs> You're right back away from the the net and you're faking faking the shot and then just dropping it short. Um, so the ball's just oh, sorry, the ball, the shuttle is just dying and um, and dropping over the net. Whereas with the with the table tennis, the ball bounces up and then, um, as I said, gives your opponent way too much time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, good to see you thinking about different tactics and and maybe you should give it a try yourself, Peter, and just see what happens. But I think you'll find, like Alice said. It just means it's going to turn out to be a slow lob and it's going to bounce up nice and high and your opponent's going to be able to smash it quite hard. And as Alice said, with with badminton, the shuttlecock, it's actually difficult because if you play that drop shot well, the the shuttlecocks drop way below net height so they can't hit it hard. But good to see you thinking and and trying different, um, you know, tactics. It's good always, yeah, to have a creative mind. So good question, Peter. Now... Ismail has a question. He says, I have done the pendulum serve for quite a long time and now my opponent is getting used to it. I am an attacker and I want to know another serve I could use in gameplay. Yeah, so um, I suppose there's lots of options here, Ismail. So firstly, um, and probably the one that I would go with, is to just vary your pendulum serve. So um, you said your opponent's getting used to the pendulum serve. There's lots of options that you've got with that pendulum serve. So you can start to think about um, where you're serving it to. So vary the placement. You can serve it fast sometimes, short sometimes, into their middle sometimes, um, short and long. Um, But then you could also think about varying the spin on the ball. So starting to get some more backspin on the ball or more topspin on the ball. Um, So... I would I would go with variation of the pendulum serve to start with, and you'll find that just by doing that, it really opens up the possibilities for yourself and makes it much harder for your opponent. But then, if you if you do want to try a completely different serve, there are again lots of options. You know, there's there's the there's the reverse pendulum serve, which might be um, uh, the easiest. To, to transition to from the pendulum. Um, or you can go for something completely different, the tomahawk serve or the backhand serve or the reverse tomahawk serve. Um, it's just, Yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. But see what, see what fits in uh, for you as far as what you're able to do off the next ball. So experiment around a little bit, 
try a few different serves and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, good point about all the variation, Ellis, because sometimes I feel like players think, oh, I've learned the pendulum serve. Um, I need to do something different now because I get used to it. But like you said, the pendulum serve is not really just one serve. It's like a thousand different serves. So even something as simple as, you know, moving to the middle of the table and serving the ball from the middle of the table is going to give your opponent a completely different look. So you don't even really have to change your serve, just change where you're serving it from, and suddenly it's going to seem different to your opponent. So, yeah, think about uh, varying the placement, where you serve it from, where you serve it to. As Aloy said, the spin, you can so much variation in spin. And even just having more spin or less spin is hard for your opponent to return. And then you've also got, you know, the speed of your serve. You can do a fast one or a short one. So many variations. So... That's why serving is, uh, you know, a lifelong skill that you just keep developing more and more. So um, good to see, Ismail, that you're concentrating on your serve. And so, yeah, just keep working on it. And, you know, nothing wrong with learning new serves as well, but just remember, lots of variations on all your serves is the key to a good serve. All right, next up, Oliver. And Oliver says, My strength is my forehand topspin, which is effective when I'm back from the table. But now, since I am close to the table, I often use my forehand block, which is not as good as there is not much room. So how can I play a close-to-the-table, powerful topspin? Ah, okay. So, um, yeah, so Oliver, a little bit of history of Oliver. So we've we've sort of um, got him to start to play closer to the table um, to be a little bit more effective. So once you get close to the table, though, it's a matter of utilising your waist a little bit more. So if you can utilise your waist, then you can have better preparation to play your stronger shots. Um, Of course, that depends on seeing the ball well and being able to um, prepare properly for those shots as well. Even if you're blocking, though, make sure that you're blocking um, effectively. So... Even with the block, you can just put a little bit of topspin on the ball, a little bit more pressure on the ball to to uh, give your opponent less time to play the shot. So um, we always say with, with your shots, um, your the length of your stroke really depends on the amount of time that you've got. So if you've got a lot of time, then you can go right back and right forward and play a big stroke. If you've got less time, then instead of having the big um, – backswing you need to start with a shorter backswing and a shorter follow-through but um, utilizing your waist will just help you to to generate that that power and speed so you don't have to turn your body all the way around it's just a matter of twisting your waist to to get that little bit better preparation um, to make a more effective shot when you're close to the table yeah good point and I think the thing to notice is that when you're closer, as you said, you've got less time. But also when you hit the ball, because you're taking it earlier, you're giving your opponent less time. So you don't necessarily have to hit the ball as powerfully as you do if you were like a metre back from the table because your opponent's got less time. So you don't feel pressured to have to make such a big swing on the ball. Start off with you know a slightly reduced swing and it still is going to appear powerful to your opponent. Yeah, I like your thinking there, Jeff. That's that's really good uh, thoughts. Excellent. Well, good question, Oliver, and hopefully, you know, you're going to start to see progress from, you know, putting a bit more pressure on your opponents. 
All right, Alois. Well, that wraps up another show. Um, we're going to have a little bit of a break for a few days. It's, it's actually school holidays here in Australia, so, um, yeah, we're going to have a little bit of a break, but we'll be back next week, won't we, Alois? Yes, I think we're on Monday. Are we on Monday, Jeff? I can't remember. I think we're on just, Monday. just depends when I get yeah, back. Definitely Tuesday. <laughs> but um, check out our Google Plus page to find out the uh, next show time. And if you're not sure where that is, you can just go to pingskills.com and in the footer of our website, we've got a little link to our Google Plus page. So click on that and you'll see where our next show is. And also there is where you can ask questions live on the show. And any other time, just go to pingskills.com and the Ask the Coach section. We love um, hearing all your questions and your comments. It's great to get everyone involved. And if you haven't yet, sign up for our free newsletter. Again, just at pingskills.com. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Have a great weekend. It's a bit early to wish that, but have a great weekend because we'll see you after that. And thank you, Alois, for all your words of wisdom. Thank you, Jeff, and happy new financial year to uh, to all you accountants out there. <laughs> Indeed, good point. Happy new financial year, and well done on this day in history, Alice. I actually enjoyed that today. See you, everyone. Bye. <laughs>